The Anton Savage Show with Nifty Business on News Talk. You heard last night, very unusual thing, or you heard there on the news from last night, the Irish Taoiseach addressing the UN with warnings about nuclear conflict. And this is, I, I can only imagine, the first time that's been done. Well, one of the people who was at that was Sean Defoe, and Sean has literally just stepped off an aircraft arriving back into Dublin Airport. Sean, it is relatively momentous for an Irish Taoiseach to address the UN on the topic of global security and war, isn't it? Yeah, well, it, it's certainly not the first thing you expect to hear is warnings of a, a second nuclear arms race if things go badly over the next few years. And it, 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 that was where the main focus of Leo Varadkar's speech was. He talked about lots of the other things, uh, including you know sustainable development goals and all the different parts that they were paying attention to this week, climate change as well. But that was sort of the, the meat of it. Joining in Vladimir Zelensky's calls during the week aimed at sort of the, you know, the global south and other parts of the world that are facing their own wars to say, look, you know, you need to have a vested interest here. If Russia wins, if Russia is the aggressor and comes across and is the next big bully, uh, then that the, the, that can pose problems for the rest of the world and not just Europe. But yeah, to hear that stark term, I suppose, that the nuclear arms race 2.0 uh, and the sort of prolonged Cold War that we had could be on the cards is not, uh, it didn't exactly make her comfortable with me. And can you give us a sense of how that was reacted to by the other delegates? Because from a layperson's perspective, you might wonder if significant industrialised military nations look at Ireland and think, go away, lads, you're only we. Yeah, it, but you know what? It's, it's quite interesting with the, where you have the big delegations. Yeah, they, they possibly don't care a huge amount, but that's not who Ireland is aiming its voice towards when it goes to the UN because we have a really sort of interesting positioning and where a lot of the officials, a lot of the people who spend their full time at the UN, but then also come over for this big week, they say, look, we're a small country. We're not a colonizer. In fact, we've been colonized in the past. A lot of the, the problems that countries in Africa and countries in other parts of the world face with dealing with the big powers, like having invaded by them in the past or haven't been occupied, uh, we can relate to. We've been through a famine. We've been through mass emigration. We've been through a lot of the issues that developing countries face. And that's how they sort of pitch it. They're like, look, we can understand. We can get on your level and let's do business because we are not one of the big powers uh, and we understand some of the difficulties that maybe they don't because they've never had to deal with them. And what did you get a sense of as being the significant issues that were in the the background mood music of of the the UN meeting? Because we're at a point where we have significant, potentially global conflict between superpowers through a proxy war now in Ukraine. We have very interesting impacts on democracy in the US and what's likely to happen in the next election and a president facing multiple indictments. It seems like a fairly febrile environment. Was that you, the sense you got from delegates? Yeah, it's an unusual one because you have all those that you mentioned with the US, but then you also had, for example, the UK wasn't at it in terms of their, their leader, Rishi Sunak, didn't attend and was obviously, in the meantime, in the UK rolling black uh, climate targets. Emmanuel Macron wasn't at the UN, for example. He was uh, had the visit from the, the royals to deal with and he didn't go. You had Modi from India who also wasn't there. So it was a week where a lot of the big superpowers sort of took a bit of a step back. And two of the issues that really came forward were climate and climate finance in particular because there is, you know, these countries, the, the small island states who are literally disappearing into the ocean and who are dealing with big events. You have the likes of things in Libya, all the different climate events we saw over the summer and the big question is well one how do we stop this but also how do we pay for it and there's certainly a move away from the idea that it's 
just the developing nations, just the EU or the US or whatever, uh, throwing money at those who are really affected by it and don't have as developed economies. That there needs to be a new way of looking at it, be that the IMF or the World Bank getting more involved, giving them lower interest rates, whatever it is. So I thought that was just one of the, the interesting, more practical discussions that was there and that Ireland was actually leading on through uh, Eamon Ryan throughout the week that, look, we need to get the fundamentals of this right and the financing of this right if we're going to have any actual chance. If some of the big players, like who knows what swing the US will take, if Trump is re-elected, for example, we're seeing the UK basically go from a climate leader at COP26 a couple of years ago to climate laggards this time around. It's sort of a really interesting space that everyone notionally gets the idea that it's important, but practically maybe doesn't. Sean, before I let you go, I mentioned that you had literally just got off the aircraft coming back from uh, New York, having been covering the, the Taoiseach at the UN. Uh, undoubtedly, you will have been keeping yourself abreast with political news here. And on the front page of the Irish Times, Jennifer Bray is reporting in relation to what we might be seeing in the budget. And she's saying two pronged cut to income taxes under consideration for budget 2024 as long, uh, alongside welfare increases of between 10 and 12 quid. And of course, this goes to the thing of how far can the government push the envelope of their own rules around being uh, pro-cyclical when we're in an inflationary cycle? Um, Does it look like they are going to get to the, the outer edges of what they can do in a giveaway? I think so, um, but without going totally flahulock uh, on it. So the sense I got from talking to ministers this week at the UN and, and asking questions about it is that they are pretty much going to ignore a lot of the advice from ISAC and from the ESRI and from uh, the central bank that this is going to be an inflationary budget. In fact, we overacted and said, yeah, this, this probably will end up keeping inflation higher for longer, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it and doesn't mean we shouldn't put money back in people's pockets. I think some of the big tickets, uh, and Jennifer's article is really good this morning, it's worth a read if anyone kind of wants a primer on the way things are, is that there will be energy credits, but they will be reduced what final form that takes hasn't quite been decided is it just one or two maybe 200 euro ones or do you do two or three 100 euro or 150 euro ones that's a little bit up in the air at the moment there is going to be uh, 1.1 billion euro in tax cuts and that's largely going to be focused on uh, usc but then also changing the the tax ban so raising the point at which you pay the higher point of tax uh, and then there will be a cost of living package but it is going to be much smaller than last year so it's not going to be close to the 4 billion euro it's definitely going to be to be less uh, when one another interesting one is childcare. There was obviously the promise last year, 25% reduction in costs. That promise had been made for this year as well, but it looks as though ministers, and certainly Leo Varadkar, walking that back a little bit and saying, well, actually, that costs an awful lot of money. There will be a reduction in the cost of childcare, but it will be a little bit less. So everyone is sort of staking their ground, trying to mark those those little areas, those little battlegrounds where they want to see something uh, something different. But uh, it doesn't look at the moment like there's going to be sort of one big set piece budget item, which you might have expected from a country that has a 10 billion euro surplus. Instead, some of that money is going to be funneled into a new investment fund. Some of it's going to be funneled into a, a rainy day fund. So a, a lot of similar to last year and just keeping on track rather than maybe sort of one big bonanza that you might expect from a government that's looking ahead and thinking, hey, this time next year we might have a general election. Sean Defoe, gentleman as ever. Thank you so much. That is Sean Defoe, a little correspondent who hopefully will now go home and get himself to bed because, as I say, literally standing there in Dublin Airport having only just got off the aircraft. The Anton Savage Show with Nifty Business. Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.